it is just a joy uh, to be together as church family. Um, I'm holding the microphone today, so I have one less hand to do things with. So if I'm doing the little figure it out, you guys will you guys will feel forgive me. Uh, but it just feels like like a homecoming, right? Welcome home. Welcome home to church. Welcome home to being in God's presence together as community. Uh, and, and welcome uh, to family. Uh, we have a ton of people to thank for making this happen. Um, and if I start saying names, I'm going to forget a few. So I'm not going to start saying names. Uh, but if you contributed to, to getting this this morning set up, I just want to say thanks for, for all the work that you did. Um, and the time that you spent. How many of you were here yesterday kind of helping out with the work day? Raise your hands if you were here. Thank you so much to, to those folks. If you noticed the flower beds, yes, absolutely. We have new lines in the parking lot. We've got things cleaned up and it's just looking fantastic. So I wanna thank everybody that uh, helped out with that, well, both both in the planning stages, but also in the work that, that happened yesterday. Um, Last week, we began a, a, a series of messages going through the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to continue that and, and pick that up where we left off. Um, the, the church in Corinth was a church that was set up by Paul on his missionary journeys. And, and we have record of Paul's letters to his churches that he set up throughout the New Testament. Um, and each one of them kind of takes on their own style, takes on their own uh, flavor, if you will, based on what's happening in the church and how long it's been since uh, Paul had seen them. Um, but but I, I was reading one commentator, I think I said this last week, but he said this, 1 Corinthians perhaps is the, the singest greatest theological contribution to the, of the New Testament uh, and to the Christian faith of, of Paul's understanding of the nature of the church, uh, especially in its local expressions. What does that mean? It means that in Corinthians, we find what it means to be church family, what it means to live together, what it means to worship together and to grow together as the local church. Um, certainly their, their church didn't look a whole lot like our church does today. Uh, and it, it's certainly different in, in its expression and in some of the details. Um, and yet so much to learn and so much to, to glean from what Paul has to say uh, in First Corinthians. So as we, as we plow through this, we're just going to take a chapter a week. We started last week, so we're on First Corinthians uh, chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and, and open it to First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Um, and we're going to, going to, to read starting in verse uh, 6 today. So First Corinthians chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 6, and we're going to read to the end together. All right? Reading today from the Common English Bible. It says this. What we say is wisdom to people who are mature. It isn't a wisdom that comes from the present day or from today's leaders who are being reduced to nothing. We talk about God's wisdom, which has been hidden as a secret. God determined this wisdom in advance, before time began, for our glory. It is, it is a wisdom that none of the present day rulers have understood. Because if they did understand it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But this is precisely what is written. God has prepared things for those who love him that no eye has seen or ear has heard or that haven't crossed the minds of any human being. 
God has revealed these things to us through the Spirit. The Spirit searches everything, including the depths of God. Who knows a person's depths except their own spirit that lives in them? In the same way, no one has known the depths of God except God's Spirit. We haven't received the world's Spirit, but God's Spirit, so that we can know the things given to us by God. These are the things we are talking about, not with words taught by human wisdom, but with words taught by the Spirit. We are interpreting spiritual things to spiritual people. But people who are unspiritual don't accept the things from God's Spirit. They are foolishness to them and can't be understood because they can only be comprehended in a spiritual way. Spiritual people comprehend everything, but they themselves aren't understood by anyone. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who will advise him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Oh, that sunshine just warmed me up. I, I'm feeling it on the back right here, you know? And I, I wore layers because they said it was gonna be a little chilly. So um, just rest in that sunshine. And if God graces you with, you know, just a, a little nap, go for it. So um, I'll tell you what, I, I am, I, I did a little research today, or, or not today, but this week in preparation for today. Um, and I'll tell you this, one thing, real quick before I get started. It's so good to see faces while you're talking to people. When, when all you get to see is a camera while you're talking to people, it just feels completely weird. But um, I am so glad to be able to look out and to see your bright and shining faces today. Uh, and so it's just so good to, to have that. But as I researched this week, I, I found out a, a few things. Have you heard of Instagram? Who's heard of Instagram? How many of you have an Instagram? Okay, several of you do. There's these people called Instagram influencers. Have you heard of these people? So my understanding is that they are so popular on Instagram that like businesses will roll out products and to these people and, and, and they get paid for, for what they do and how they introduce products. And, and uh, there's over a half million of them. You believe that? That's their job, is to be Instagram influencers. Now, some of them are more successful than others, I'm sure. Um, there are 31.7 million bloggers in the United States right now, officially. Uh, that many people think it's what they have to say is that important that they, they put it on. Now, some of you are bloggers, and, and I don't mean to step on toes, but there, outside of that, there are 3 billion social media accounts out there. That's an estimate, I didn't count them. Um, but that's a lot of people out there putting content into the world. That's the way people uh, choose to express themselves these days. It's, it's something inside that has to get out and, and many of us are, are part of that count, right? I, I have at least three of them, right? Because I've got, I've got my own Facebook, I've got my Instagram, I've got my Twitter, um, and, and yet, it's interesting to see how, how this has just exploded on the scene in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, but, but for us, as we're on this, this journey through Corinthians, Corinthian, Corinth was this unique place. I talked about this a little bit, and we're going to continue to, to discuss it. But it was this unique place uh, located geog geographically on this narrow strip of land that, that opened up into the southern part of Greece. Um, 
And so lots of people came through this town. It was a great stopping point for anyone coming onto the peninsula or anyone leaving. There were lots of influences, lots of classes of people, lots of people coming in and coming out of the city, much closer to Rome than they were to Jerusalem and Israel. But Paul had started this worshiping community. If you take a look at, at uh, a picture of the Middle East, a picture of the Mediterranean Sea, right on the top of it is, is Greece and, and this peninsula. And, and you have to come all the way down here to get to Israel. Uh, and Italy's just right over here. And so Corinth was, was the center of, of, of thought, the center of, of culture. Uh, and Paul had started this body of believers in the city of, of Corinth. What we saw last week, if you were able to tune in online or, or to listen to, to the sermon, uh, the Corinthian church had become enamored with wisdom. The, the wisdom was this priority and, and something that, that people pursued. And, and as you think about it, it, it makes sense with their proximity to Greek culture. And, and think about the, the Greek philosophers, uh, the people who uh, were, were known in Greek culture. Lots of people coming through, lots of people with their ideas to share, a uh, statement to make, okay? Uh, and, and Paul covered last week how, how ridiculous this sounds, this message of Christ, this message that he brought, that, that it's not about the wise thinkers. It wasn't about the, the Plato and the Socrates. It was about this Jewish carpenter. Oh, tell me about this Jewish carpenter. What did he say? What, what were his philosophies? What, where are his followers? Well, <laughs> they nailed him to a tree. He, he was crucified. He was crucified as a criminal. And the Greek culture says, that's not what, that's not what smart people that's not what happens to smart people. That's not, they start schools, they start philosophies of thought, they get, they, they get a group of, of deep thinkers around them. The Messiah crucified made no sense to the Greek cultures. They wanted wise and convincing words. Even for the Jews, it was a struggle. Jews wanted signs. Jews wanted fulfillment of the prophecies. And all Paul had was his preaching. All Paul had was his preaching. And, and at the start of chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, the part that we didn't read, he, he, he calls his preaching foolishness. It's foolishness to the world to preach a crucified Christ. Follow the crucified Messiah, preaching says. And, and for the first chapter, Paul really seems a little down on wisdom. Like, it's not, not of much use. It's all folly. But this is the chapter where Paul turns the corner on wisdom. This is the chapter where he says, let me tell you about the wisdom that makes a difference. And the wind just blew my page, so I'm going to do this. He talks about God's wisdom, and Paul lights up. Paul gets all excited. He says, let me tell you about the wisdom that really makes a difference. Let me tell you about the wisdom that can change your life. And all of a sudden, Paul is really interested in talking about wisdom, not the wisdom of the Greek philosophers, and not the wisdom that was kind of propped up by the culture of the day but the wisdom that comes from God himself. 
Therein lies the difference. And, and God's wisdom looks much different. God's wisdom looks totally different than what they were used to learning about in Greek culture. Look at, uh, uh, look at what it says about God's wisdom. Verse seven and, verses 7 and 8, four things about God's wisdom. The first thing it says is it's a mystery or it's a secret, depending on the translation that you're, you're looking at. It's a mystery or a secret. Number two, it says it's been hidden. The third thing it says about God's wisdom is that it began before time. Before time began, it was set in place. And the fourth thing it said is, you know, the rulers today just don't get it. They just don't understand. They, they just don't process. They, they, they haven't figured it out. What does all of this mean? Um, when I hear the word mystery, when I hear the word secret, I, I think of, you know, a good a good movie that has to be figured out, right? Like uh, a murder mystery or something. Um, it's not the kind of mystery that, that Sherlock Holmes helps us with, that, that uh, you know, Ethan Hunt can go figure out and, and, and figure out what, what the secret is. This is a, a mystery that is waiting for an appointed time. It's not something we go out and solve. It's not something we have to, to figure out, but it, it was waiting for an appointed time is what Paul was talking about with that word mystery or with that word secret. And it says it has been hidden. Now, now when I hide something, when I play hide and seek with my kids, I go out and actively hide, right? I'm gonna find the best spot. Um, sometimes I use parent privilege and find a spot that, you know, the kids aren't necessarily supposed to go into and then it works really well. Um, this isn't like God has been hiding it from us. It has been hidden within God. That it wasn't a God trying to keep us away from God's wisdom, but it was, this was waiting for an appointed time and hidden within God. From before time began, this was decided beforehand. And finally, we've come to the point where, where things are to be revealed. And lastly, no rulers understood why didn't the rulers understand? Why did they crucify Christ? Why did they get to this point where, where the world would not understand? And this is what Paul brings Paul to his point. After quoting a reference, uh, there's, there's a little section in there uh, of quoted reference that's really kind of tricky for Bible scholars. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's not really in the Old Testament anywhere, at least <laughs> not, not together in those words. Paul's kind of, of pulling some different quotes from different parts of, of the Old Testament when he quotes there about no eye has seen and no ear has heard. And it's really kind of tricky to understand where, where Paul is supporting uh, or, or pulling this Old Testament quote from. But he says this, that, that it is the Spirit of God who enables us to tap into the wisdom of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And as you, as you think about Paul building this explanation trying to he has a church here that's that's caught up in greek culture with all these philosophers and all these deep thinkers and he says the wisdom of the world is passing away but i want to introduce you to an, a new kind of wisdom a wisdom that sets us free a wisdom that makes a difference in our lives and he says here's the key the spirit of god 
that the Spirit of God enables us to understand. The Spirit of God unlocks for us the wisdom of God. We can't casually fall into it. We're not going to figure it out. We're not going to solve the mystery on our own. But this Spirit who had just come as Christ had gone and returned to the Father, the Holy Spirit was given. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday and the coming of the Holy Spirit. That is the key to the wisdom of God. It's not about our understanding. It's not about figuring it out. It's about allowing the Spirit of God to work in our lives. The Greeks were all about every other way, right? Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. These, these philosophers are, are famous still today. We still hear about them. You take a, philosophy, a basic philosophy course in college and you're going to hear about these men. Uh, can you imagine the, the teaching and the following they had in their day? Um, you have to know uh, in philosophy just the, the grounding principles that these men taught. And this is the culture in which Corinth was growing. Um, they, were, they were a couple of centuries prior to uh, this time period and, and had been teaching. And they had schools of thought that were based on, um, on their thinking. And this was the ground upon which Paul was building this church. They didn't need God. They had their wisdom. They had all these great thinkers. They had this teaching that, that they were used to, these fancy ideas. I'm not trying to pick on people that are deep thinkers. I'm not trying to pick on people who, who are, are incredibly smart and incredibly intelligent. I don't claim those titles at all. <laughs> but in this context of ancient Greece, these verses come alive for the Corinthian church. And we, and we have this method of the world where, where we can think it out, we can figure it out in our own human wisdom. Verses 13 and 14 no, we reject earthly wisdom for it makes sense in the, the, the academy. These, these, this, this way of thinking makes sense to the Greek philosophers and the Greek cultures, the great orators, and the teachers of ancient Greek. This was the popular thought. And God says, there is a whole new way that when Jesus left and went back to the Father, the Spirit was gifted. The Spirit was gifted, and when we, when we choose in our life to, to walk with God, we're given the Holy Spirit as a gift. And that, my friends, is how the wisdom of God is unleashed. That is how we find true wisdom in the world. <laughs> The, the Greek culture uh, and, and all their teaching and, and all their ways of, of, of living and, and figuring out the wisdom of the world. It reminds me a little bit of, of the social media world, right? Do you have those people in your feed that, that probably just like to, to share their thoughts all the time, right? We, we all seem to have a few of those in our lives. And, and People who like to share their motorcycle sounds too. Uh, but people who, who just want to say their piece and, and get it out there and, and share what they know and share what they figured out. It reminds me a little bit of Corinth. 
reminds me a little bit of, of people using human wisdom. And I just want to challenge us today with the words of Paul that says this, that the wisdom of man, which is meant to elevate us to something. That was, that was status in the Greek world. That was status in their culture to, to, to know something, to be able to figure something out, to present an argument, to say something meaningful, something relevant. Paul says it leads to nothing. All this something that leads to nothing. While the wisdom of God, which is interpreted and unleashed and unpacked and unlocked by the power of the Holy Spirit, reveals to us something that, that no eye has seen, that no ear has heard, that no mind has comprehended. And that is the power of God in our lives. Led by the Spirit powered by the Spirit, unlocked by the Holy Spirit. And he ends with this penetrating question that cuts right to the heart of our understanding of God. Who has known the mind of the Lord? I hope that's your prayer in your life as you follow God. God, show me your heart. Show me your mind. Help me understand to a greater degree who you are and how you want me to move and how you want me to live. For those of us who've accepted Christ, for those of us who've received the Holy Spirit in our lives, Paul says we have the chance now to actually say we know the mind of Christ, not by our smarts, not by what we've figured out, not that we've solved the mystery, but the Holy Spirit has interpreted for us the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth that God wishes to impart unto us. And the foolishness that Paul has been talking about, you know, that those preachers say all the time, can make sense and actually come to life in our lives. What's that foolishness? That a crucified Messiah is the proclamation of a revolutionary gospel. The very reason why we gather. <laughs> why we set up a stage outside so we can be safe. So we can gather and proclaim that Christ lives. And that he set us free. And he's with us and walks with us through our days. Amen. Amen. That's the truth and the power, and that is why we have joy, and that is why we have hope today.